Guys, I'm not gonna talk to you long because I know where your head's at. You've been here all day. You've been grinding, getting after it. So the first thing, man, what does it mean to be a Buffalo Bill? I can't speak to all the guys that have played here. The Hall of Fame guys, the guys that went to four straight Super Bowls, you guys have heard of all those guys. I can just tell you what it meant for me and what it means for my family and what this place did for us while we were here. We you're looking at New York, you look at LA, you're looking at all these things. The NFL and the teams in those cities are a luxury for those places. They're a place you take clients and you go burn a Sunday. But here in Buffalo, you play for this team, you play in this city, it's a requirement, man. It's a, it's a way of life for these people. These people identify with this football team unlike anybody or any fan base in the league. They love this place. This is the heartbeat of this community. It is not a luxury. It is a way of life. And whether you like it or not, you are in the middle of it now. The people here revere toughness, grit, effort, the things that can make the hallmark of a career. So when you display those traits in front of this community and this town, it will open up for you, man. They will do anything for you if you're able to give all you've got for this football team. That's what it means to be a Buffalo Bill. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Monday to you. It's good to be here with you in what is going to be a loaded discussion as we reflect back on the initial week of training camp for the Buffalo Bills. So much to get into, so many takeaways to reflect upon, and I'm eager to do it. I hope you had a great weekend. I certainly did. Spent the weekend in Sarasota, Florida. Uh, The Draft Network Summit was this past weekend, and so we had the full crew together to plan for year two at the Draft Network. And uh, hopefully you uh, pay attention to what we're doing over there. And uh, I actually wrote a Buffalo Bills article today. I've been doing a preseason superlatives series for every team, and I finally got to the Bills today. And uh, go over to thedraftnetwork.com so you can read that. Uh, A lot of the stuff that you kind of heard me talk about on this podcast, but, uh, you know, in a different delivery and kind of building an overall theme about what the outlook could be for 2019 regarding the Buffalo Bills. And certainly a message that I wanted to provide so that other fan bases can read it as well and get up to speed with where this football team is entering year three of the Sean McDermott era. I want to start by talking about offense regarding what we've heard, what we've learned, discovered from the first week of training camp at St. John's Fisher for the Buffalo Bills. And I want to start with John Brown, who appears to be the star of the show early on, showing good chemistry with Josh Allen, obviously a player that really complements the big arm that Josh Allen has and his desire to push the football down the field and John Brown and Josh Allen seem to really have developed a good connection, particularly with the deep ball. But it's not just that, you know, you've been hearing a lot about how he's a complete route runner and he knows how to separate. And uh, it's not just that it's going to be bombs down the field, but when you can challenge defenses like that, it opens up a world of possibilities for not only John Brown, but the rest of the, of the, of the guys out in routes in terms of how that spacing looks with that that respect that 
teams have to give the Bills in terms of what they can do challenging the deep portions of the field. So very encouraging to hear about John Brown's emergence as as possibly you know the true number one receiver on this football team and how he meshes with John Brown. Um, Cole Beasley, the other big wide receiver acquisition from this past offseason. You've heard some mixed things about how that hookup is going. Uh, sounds like a better day was had on Sunday. Um, but, you know, Josh Allen is still developing that comfort with timing routes and really uh, getting the ball out quicker in certain situations. And that's really where he can look to Beasley to be where he's supposed to be and create that separation to challenge uh, the short to intermediate areas of the field. So sounds like that's a work in progress, but there's some intentionality, it sounds like, between Josh Allen and working the football to Cole Beasley. Now, running back, LaShawn McCoy has been the starter, and that's pretty much what Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean continues to say through the media, and then it continues to be backed up based on how the reps are distributed and who the first guy through the lineup is every time. So, you know, every day that goes by is more confirmation that LaShawn McCoy is the Bills starting running back for 2019. That doesn't mean he's going to be the workhorse. just means he's the lead back. And you're going to see plenty of Frank Gore. And it also sounds like we're going to see plenty of Devin Singletary, who is getting those first team reps. And you hear some really positive things about the way he's looked. Very encouraged listening to Matt Perino of NYUP discuss uh, his ability to catch the football. And that was the big concern that I had. Well, one of the two big concerns that I had for Singletary, who It's a pretty elusive guy, but his receiving production at Florida Atlantic was pretty minimal and almost non-existent uh, in his final season. Each season that he was at Florida Atlantic, his receiving production declined, and I I didn't feel like that spoke very well to what he can do in that area, but early on, all indications are that he's ready to contribute in that capacity. Um, anxious to see what he looks like in game situations. You've heard me talk about how he's really elusive. Uh, he's slippery, has good contact balance and vision, but he's not a great athlete. He's not very dynamic. And so how does all of his physical traits blend together to be a productive running back in the NFL? I'm anxious to see what that looks like once the preseason games get rolling and you can see how he blends everything together, including some of his deficiencies in terms of you know, how quick he's actually moving and what his true breakaway speed is. Um, interesting football player. Um, the offensive line, it seems like the group that is, is I wouldn't say it's set in stone. That's not fair after just a few pre or a few training camp practices. But really, the rotation in terms of first team reps has come at right guard. We've pretty much seen Deion Dawkins at left tackle, Quentin Spain at left guard, Mitch Morse at center, Cody Ford at right tackle, and then it's this battle between Spencer Long and John Feliciano for the right guard job. Of course, Mitch Morse took the day off on Sunday, a scheduled day off, and John Feliciano got the first team reps at center in those situations. Um, and so it feels like the Bills want it to be that that combination of four out of five and that right guard spot's the one that seems to be most available. Um, you've heard, I, I listened to, to Matt Fairburn and, Joe Biscalgia talk about right guard and the difference between 
Feliciano and Spencer Long. It certainly sounds like Spencer Long is a little bit more sturdy there at right guard. Um, and obviously Feliciano's backup is truly being the, the first man up at center if Morse goes down might lend it more favorably for him to be uh, the, the swing guy, the interior versatile backup. So preseason games will matter a lot when sorting out who's going to be the right guard, but as it stands right now, it seems like we have a clear understanding of who those four other guys are going to be, which I think is really important. We talked a lot about Bobby Johnson in year one as the Bills' offensive line coach and the challenge ahead for him to get the right mix of guys out there and let this unit gel. And I'm encouraged to see that for the most part we've seen a lot of continuity with who the Bills' front five in front of Josh Allen are. Cody Ford, uh, right tackle, rookie out of Oklahoma, sounds like some mixed reports there in terms of his ability to handle speed around the edge. And you certainly don't like to hear things like Trent Murphy is consistently beating him around his outside hip. And certainly the, the people that believe that Cody Ford is better suited to play guard in the NFL are going to uh hear that message and really want to confirm their belief that he's better suited to play guard. You know, I want to give him every opportunity to prove that he's not a tackle because I think he has the ability to do that. And obviously it's a big jump from going, uh, you know, to the NFL from the big 12 where he's blocking, you know, pass rushers from West Virginia and Baylor, Kansas and Iowa state. It's a big jump. Um, and, you know, practices are always difficult to truly measure a, a tackle's ability to keep pace around the outside edge track because within the context of a game, uh, there's so many things that are different in terms of the quarterback moving off that spot and stepping up and uh, the different protection schemes and opportunities that exist for chips and all that type of stuff. And, um, you know, it, it's I don't have concerns about Ford's mobility. And, and so... He's got a tremendous length and great wingspan and length. And so it could be a footwork thing. I'm not sure. I'm not panicking. I'll say that he's held that position to date. You know, the Bills in their back pocket have Ty Insecki and Laradrian Waddle, who are proven players. I mean, Insecki certainly a little bit more upside there. Uh, but if it's not going to work out, it feels like you know the Bills are giving Cody Ford every opportunity to claim that job, uh, which is a little bit interesting when you compare that to the defensive side of the ball, which we'll talk about in a, in a minute here uh, with Ed Oliver, who's you know working primarily with the twos, getting some run with the ones, but right now he's not been uh, you know the guy lining up with the first team defense. And so when you consider the landscape of first round picks under Sean McDermott, Trey White. Josh Allen, Tredavious, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, excuse me, and Ed Oliver, you see some different scenarios in terms of where they're lining up right away. Tremaine Edmonds and Trey White were day one guys, starters, like they never relinquished those spots. Um, and then in Josh Allen, who, you know, he really had to earn his way. And of course, Ed Oliver, it seems to be the case there as well. But I think once we get into games and once we have more live team reps and those types of things, that ability for Ed Oliver to be a wrecking ball will be more revealed. And I think it's probably just making sure that his pencils, you know, sharp at all times right now. Uh, but also it's an interesting, the contrast where Cody Ford has really kind of been the guy from day one at right tackle. And he, you know, he was the second round pick. So I just think it's interesting and some notable ideas there to, to extrapolate from, 
the the overall themes with the Bills rookies and how they've been used primarily the first round picks. The disappointing news on offense really stems from the tight end situation where you know Tyler Croft's already out with a foot injury. And you know we've Jason Crum's been battling a hamstring, and now Dawson Knox, the the third round pick, the guy that uh, was you know the most athletic, uh, the most athletic in terms of the guys that can be the tight end and that receiving threat, and obviously he had growth and all those types of things that were needed based on what things looked like for him at Ole Miss, but. He's losing time now with a hamstring injury. We don't know the severity of it. It could be a tweak, and he'll be back in a few days or even at the next practice. But uh, he wasn't out there on Sunday, and you feel like for a guy like Dawson Knox, every opportunity to be on the field is critical as he uh, develops from an underutilized tight end with upside at Ole Miss to you know a guy that's going to be an important part of the Bills' offense in 2019, especially with – uh, with you know Kroom and, and Croft already being down, and now he's added to the mix. Obviously, when those types of things happen, it's opportunities for other guys to step up. Uh, you know, looking at Tommy Sweeney, the seventh round pick out of Boston College, as the guy that really needs to elevate in this opportunity and get reps and get comfortable. And obviously, Lee Smith, who's a savvy veteran, a blocking specialist, but a know-how guy. Um, and it seems like the Bills also with. This this rash of injuries at tight end have been using more ten and twenty personnel, uh, which could be a good thing as well because you're getting more formations out there and more comfort in different personnel groupings and an opportunity to experiment there. So if you're looking for the positive with the uh, with the you know, tight end injuries right now, uh, that's probably where I would seek for that optimism. Before we talk more about the defense and special teams, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up, bluechew.com. That's blue like the color blue. Bluechew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this just isn't for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they are cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free. When you use our special promo code, promo code locked on, you just have to pay five dollars shipping. Again, that's b l u e c h u dot com promo code locked on to try it free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and I thank them for sponsoring this podcast. I'll be right back after this to dig into the defensive takeaways from Week One of training camp. All right, it's time to talk about defense and the takeaways from Week One of training camp with the defense. And I started by talking about Ed Oliver, who who appears to be the number two three technique as it stands right now with Jordan Phillips getting the run with the first team. I expect there to be some rotation, of course, at that position, but uh, for Ed Oliver to eventually be the guy that claims that spot. Also, when it comes to the defensive line, it sounds like Mike Love is doing some good things as the 
the backup to, I guess, Jerry Hughes. This, the second group of defensive ends has been Shaq Lawson and Mike Love after Trent Murphy and Jerry Hughes. And so uh, as we consider who's going to make that for the football team, if the Bills were to keep four defensive ends, which I think they will, uh, you, you hear names like Mike Love, Obviously, Eddie Yarborough, who's been part of the team for the last couple of seasons, and Eli Harold, uh, a player that the Bills, a veteran that the Bills signed this offseason. I think you have those three guys competing for one spot, and it sounds like Mike Love, as far as practices go, is the guy with the early lead. I thought he really struggled when he got on the field last year. Um, obviously, a difficult situation with him being a young player, signed late, asked to play, and I don't think he played overly well, but... You know, this is his chance to, with a full offseason under his belt with the team, uh, for him to grow. And so far, so good based on how things have been reported. The linebacker rotation has been interesting. The the starters, obviously, Tremaine Edmonds, Matt Milano, and Lorenzo Alexander. But the guy that's gotten run with the base defense, with the first team, to get sprinkled in has been Corey Thompson. And he's a player who struggled a lot like Mike Love when he got chances to play last season. But with him kind of being that first guy off the bench and the guy that's getting chances to work with the base defense, with the first team, I think it says a lot that he's been able to do that over guys like Julian Stanford and uh, uh, Julian Stanford and uh, Deion Lacey. Um, says a lot for his chances of making the team. And there's another thing that I'll tell you about here in a little while that uh, indicates that Corey Thompson could have the upper hand when it comes to figuring out the depth behind the Bills' starting linebacking core. For the job opposite of Trey White at cornerback, it seems like that is that is a mix of Levi Wallace and Kevin Johnson. And there's been a lot of good things we've heard about Kevin Johnson and his opportunity to claim that spot opposite Trey White, obviously a lot of upside there with him as a former first-round pick. Uh, obviously, Le- Levi Wallace, who played well down the stretch last year. Um, and so how does he look in year two? But it seems like uh, he, they've they've been the two that have been getting the opportunities to run with the first team with EJ Gaines sprinkled in, but running primarily with the twos and getting a lot of chances to play from the slot. So EJ Gaines inside outside versatility is a good thing for him, but probably something that precludes him from being one of, you know, the winner of that job on the boundary. Maurice Alexander uh, sounds like he's been sprinkled in in situations that suggest that he could be part of the mix in a more prominent role defensively than maybe we anticipated. And just like I had mentioned with Corey Thompson, there's something I want to tell you about here in a few minutes that, uh, is a good indication that he has a good track or a good chance of making the football team. Um, the safety situation is, you know, pointing higher of the guys, but Kirk Coleman, uh, you know, has immediately stepped in with the second team uh, group back there on the back end when Hyde and Poyer are off the field. So his chances of maybe being the Bills' third safety is looking very likely as the first week of training camp is now in the books. Support of Lockdown Bills comes from Manscaped, who is the number one provider in men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen them on Shark Tank. Manscaping offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LOCKEDON 
at manscaped.com. That's 20% off at manscaped.com with promo code locked on. I've got a few more nuggets to get into with you here on this Monday podcast. Stick with me. I'll be right back. All right. The the last bit of nuggets that I want to get into today are special teams nuggets. And these are important because the guys that are lining up with the first group of special teams units gives you an inside look at the guys that the Bills believe uh, are going to be the players that fill those roles come the season. And we're talking about the depth and the bottom of the roster and all that type of stuff. Pay attention to who's lining up with the first units on special teams. And I'm very thankful to Greg Thompson of Cover One, uh, who was at camp over the weekend and tweeted out some of these observations. And this is stuff that I feel is often underreported. So thank you, Greg, uh, for, for letting us know. But uh, per Greg, the first guys out on kickoff coverage were Teron Johnson, Lafayette Pitts, Patrick DeMarco, Julian Stanford, Sonoris Perry, Kirk Coleman, Kevin Johnson, Mo Alexander, Saran Neal, Corey Thompson. Pay attention to those names. Those are ones that matter a lot. If you see guys like you see guys like Corey Thompson, who we talked about in the last segment, about him getting some run in base defense with the first team, well, he's also on the first team kickoff. Mo Alexander, guy that's uh, been sprinkled in doing some versatile things for the defense, he's on the first team kickoff. Saran Neal, that's pretty much un, uh, an expected guy to be using that capacity. But Kirk Coleman. Uh, is a guy that just signed recently. He's getting run with the number two defense, and he's on the first team kickoff, not Dean Marlowe. And so you took about, think about Julian Stanford and Corey Thompson, not Dion Lacey, who literally exists on this roster for special teams. Uh, look at the running back situation where you have Patrick DeMarco and Sonoris Perry on this unit. You don't hear anything about TJ Yeldon. Uh, who, uh, as I've mentioned to you multiple times, has never played a special team snap in his NFL career. And if he's going to be the fourth running back, he's got to play special teams. We have Patrick DeMarco and Sonoris Perry on that unit. That's something that I pay attention to. There's been some positive buzz about Ray Ray McLeod and what he's been able to do uh, on offense, but he's a guy that, again, he's not on this special teams mix. And I've said this to you before, Ray Ray McLeod played 10 special teams snaps last season as a rookie, nine of which came as a punt returner, one as a kick returner. His absence on these kick coverage units is something that I'm going to continue to note and make mention of because I think that it's significant when considering who's going to make this roster. Lafayette Pitts, a guy that, like Deion Lacey, is brought back for special teams. He's on the first group of kickoff coverage, and you know that he was the Bills, one of the Bills' starting punt gunners last year. And so probably need to take him a little bit seriously if you think about who the Bills are keeping at corner. Now, that could create some interesting dynamics uh, because you know they've overlooked every chance that they've ever had, really, to put him on the field defensively uh, and – uh, you know, w- with the Bills having Trey White and uh, Kevin Johnson and Levi Wallace and uh, Taron Johnson and Saran Neal and EJ Gaines already likely to make the roster at corner, you know, you start to get into a number situation here. Uh, but if it, it may come down to, look, they believe in Lafayette Pitts and what he can do on special teams more so than a fifth or sixth guy at corner, and, and he'll get an inside track into making. 
the team. I do also want to mention that Greg uh, gave me some insight or gave us some insight in a tweet about the punting situation. It doesn't sound like Corey Carter or Corey Baroquez have had overly strong starts to camp. And you guys all know how concerned I am about this punter situation. So hopefully that changes and turns and one of these guys really uh, claims their role in, in camp and we feel good about that situation moving forward. Uh, but we'll see. Uh, Monday is an off day for the Bills at camp. Um, so we'll get back on track with Twitter Tuesday tomorrow. So don't make sure you don't miss it. Hit that subscribe button. Rate, review, share the podcast. All that stuff is very, very important. We'll have Water Cooler Wednesday. We'll reflect more on camp later in the week on what we're hearing and learning from those in attendance. And uh, as we get ready for the Bills' first preseason game against the Indianapolis Colts in you know, just over a week and a half. So looking forward to getting into that with you here as we count down to week one against the New York Jets in New Jersey. Thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Bills. I'll be back again for you tomorrow.